Hallelujah. Wonderful Savior he is in the city of our God. And may he be worthy. May he be praised. Hallelujah. 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 God is taking you higher than you ever seen before. And it is a great and marvelous thing in our eyes. In the name of Jesus the Christ. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 5. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 5. Right. Hebrews chapter 5, last Sunday, we started a series entitled Discernment. Um, this series, man, is a very crucial series. I need you to get it. I need you to have this. Um, I need you to have this resting in your mind. I need you to meditate on this word because it's very important. The purpose of this series, which we opened up last week, was that God would increase and sharpen us in our judgment and decision making uh, for the season that we are in. Also learning how to use our discernment. And my prayer by the end of this message series is that our judgment and decision making would, would grow and that we would be directed by the Holy Spirit in it and um, so we started this series and um, <clears throat> let's before I read that let's go to what is discernment and so last week we started dealing with um, uh, we started dealing with Solomon and how he desired uh, to have a heart that was a discern one that with a heart of wisdom and the ability to be able to discern uh, to be able to judge right as being the king. And as we looked um, on Tuesday and Sunday of last week, we saw how God honored his request because he sought after something that he felt inadequate in. And so one of the things you have to understand is that discernment comes with humility. You only obtain it through, uh, through, um, um, through acknowledging that you don't have it all together. Acknowledging that you lack in the air, you lack in this um, particular facet of life. And if you were like me, there are some times where I feel like I can be better in my decision making, better in how I see things, better in the way of how I judge and look at things. And so when we look at spiritual discernment, ladies and gentlemen, we look at it and we say it is the ability to make discriminating judgment judgments to distinguish between and recognize the moral implications of different situations and courses of action from a godly perspective. So spiritual discernment is the ability to see things the way God sees them and then act upon them as God would by what we see through his holy word. Are you hearing me? Wisdom is, is using the knowledge of which you pertain and I believe spiritual discernment is using the wisdom, the knowledge that you gain, act, and, and judging it for what, and, and being able to judge well with that knowledge. To, to, with the knowledge that you know, you, use the, you, you, you need both. You need wisdom and discernment, the ability to act off the knowledge that you get, right, and see it. And so with discernment, it's being able to understand where you can do certain things at and not do certain things at. Understanding that for some of my actions, they may cause somebody to slip. We call it may ruin Christmas for somebody. So it's like you're gonna be, you have to be discerning in those areas. 
and there's in seeing everything about our lives from God's point of view because God sent his Holy Spirit, say his whole self, in you in order that I may be able to have an advantage in this life. So God wants to be involved in every facet of your life. That's why he gives you the spirit of his spirit. And so his spirit is to lead and help you in all things. If you so choose to submit yourself to him, as Solomon did. Solomon at 20 years old was the wisest man that ever walked the face of the earth at that time. God put him in and raised him up in such a way that he said to Solomon that there would be no king like him. And so and I believe until the days of, until Jesus came, who was ultimate and infinite in wisdom and mercy, Solomon, there was no king like him. No one was able to build and do the things that he had done. Um, and that's wisdom that he, he asked for was wisdom pertaining to how to judge right. And so tonight, um, I was going to talk. We're still around Solomon. But I want to go um, and deal with some more with spiritual discernment in Hebrews chapter 5. And we'll find our way to Ecclesiastes chapter 8, hopefully by the end of this. And um, Hebrews, I don't get into who wrote Hebrews because if it's not there, I'm not here to speculate. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled, say unskilled, unskilled, in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. Verse 14 says, but solid food belongs to those who are of full age, say full age. Full age. That is those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Now, I want to show you something. It says, but solid food belongs to those who are of full age. Now, let me ask you this. What do you think that actually means? Do you think that, do you think that means that somebody who's 60 years old, somebody who's 50, somebody who's 80, that don't mean nothing. It says, and it explains it, that is those who, by reason of use, have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Right? So really... A lot of times in our ignorance, we associate discernment or those who have a level of discernment, ladies and gentlemen, because of their of how old they are. But what scripture tells us, ladies and gentlemen, that those who have reached full age, and I mean spiritual maturity in Christ, are those who have those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So, ladies and gentlemen, what, what the Hebrew writer is referring to is how we have to grow from the ABCs of the gospel. What does that mean? The ABCs is understanding that Jesus Christ is the only true God, that he came through a virgin birth, and that he is both God and man who walked the face of the earth. The ABCs of the gospel is understanding that Jesus died as a man. Perfect sacrifice. And then he died. He was in the tomb for three days. Took the keys of life and death. On the third day he arose. 
And then not only did he arose, but he showed infallible proofs of his resurrection. And then after showing infallible proofs, that means sure enough evidence of his uh, resurrection, then the scripture says he then ascended. So there's nothing else to talk about. So the ABCs are then now understanding that I have salvation by, by, uh, I have salvation by grace through faith. Understanding that it is not of works, but it is by the grace of God. Understanding that you cannot do anything to earn your salvation. All you can do is accept it by faith. The ABCs, ladies and gentlemen, of the gospel is understanding that you cannot truly lose your salvation if you really have given your life to Christ. It is not something I can lose. It is something that I have until the day of Christ. I can't lose my salvation. The ABCs of the gospel is understanding that I am that I that I have the Holy Spirit at the point hear me of salvation that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is when I give my life to Christ on its initiation and I'm fully immersed into the family of God. That is the ABCs of the gospel. Then there's a filling of the Holy Spirit where I can constantly be filled with the Holy Spirit. But the ABC of the gospel is understanding that I don't have to speak in tongues in order to determine my salvation. That it has nothing to do with it. Here's why this is the ABCs are still complicated for a lot of people because a lot of people are driven by works about how our culture says we got to do something to get. But God doesn't make it complicated. He makes it very easy. He makes it so easy to the point where all you got to do is believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. You don't have to commit a crime and think you got to sleep with 10 virgins when you get when you die. That does not happen. It is not all works that while it's good that the, that they pray 10 times a day, it's still based on works because they still they feel they have to do that in order to still stay saved or for Allah to still love them. No. Are you hearing me tonight? These are the ABCs of the gospel. The ABCs of the gospel is the commandment that Jesus gives to us, ladies and gentlemen, to say that, number one, you shall love the Lord thy God. Right? He said the great and love the Lord thy God and love one another. That is the ABCs of the gospel. But here, the Hebrew writer is saying this is the milk of the word. But you have to grow past that. Because here at the ABC, people think that, this, that, that salvation is the end. Wow. Salvation is only the beginning. Yeah. That's when the scripture says you have to work out. work out. It says work out your salvation in fear and trembling. That's it. That's it. That means salvation is a, con, is a continual process yeah. of my soul being saved yeah. and transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Now, Pastor Brandon, let me clear this up. Now, does that mean that I have to keep coming down here to say, I'm going to give my life to Christ in Jesus' name? No, that's not what that means. That, that, that's not what that means. That doesn't mean that you got to keep coming down for salvation every Sunday. No, that does not mean that. It means that as I, can, as I grow in my walk with Christ, that my old habits are being now died, and I'm growing 
That's why the scripture says we move from glory to glory and faith to faith. There comes a time where you cannot stay at the level you are and become complacent with the knowledge you have. The purpose of what God wants over your life is to get you to a full grown age in himself. People talk about that being full, growing to a full place of maturity in Christ is not possible. No, it's very possible. Matter of fact, that's what God desires for all of us to get to. Because even while you think you're at a place, you still ain't there. You still got more to grow. It says, for everyone who partakes only of the milk is unskilled. It said, is he, is he or she is unskilled. What am I trying to teach to us tonight? What am I trying to teach to us tonight is to grow us to a place of being unskilled to move into skill. Because the way you become skilled is by exercising the thing you have. Hello, everyone. I want to take this moment to thank everyone who has given to our Only Believe campaign. Your pledges and your gifts have meant so much to our church as we look to relocate from Clarksville to the Silver Spring, Maryland area. In the videos you have seen, you have seen us talk about how we are handicapped and the, and the location that we are currently in. While it has been a blessing to us, it is not as accessible to the community that we reach and we serve. And so we need you to become a partner with us that we want you to connect your faith as you sow $150 into the ministry so we can see see lives be connected to the transforming power and love of Jesus Christ. You may be saying to yourself, Pastor Brandon, I may not have $150 at my disposal, but yes, be a part of our recurring giving each month as you sow $20 or $30 or $40. Whatever you have will be a great blessing that you can become an agent of change in our partner program that you say, hey, I may not go to your church or I want to be a part of it and I want to sow any way I can. Become a recurring giver in our agent of change program that helps us to be able to get to our goal of $150,000 as we look to secure a location and as we look to finally be in the area that I know great transformation is going to happen. I'm telling you, I'm so excited about it. So partner with us and connect your faith with us as we look look to God to do the impossible. Amen. And remember, transformation starts here. Here's why people stay stuck, because they're not exercising. Faith, ladies and gentlemen, is a muscle. It is a muscle that must be grown. Discernment is a muscle that must be grown. You have to exercise, what the Hebrew writer is telling us here, that you have to exercise not only your natural senses, but your spiritual senses. Your spiritual senses are connected to your natural senses. Matter of fact, ladies and gentlemen, when you give your life to Christ and the Holy Spirit now resides in you, you become more alert of things than what you were before. It is funny, ladies and gentlemen, that there is a way that you were living before where you didn't think nothing of anything. The friends you had, you didn't think nothing of it. It's just that's who they are. And then the one day you give your life to Christ and the spirit of God enlightens your senses to a certain point. Like, wait a second. You were my friend all of this time. What in the world was I thinking? You know what I'm saying? So as you grow in Christ, you start seeing things differently. You start seeing things and you, how many of you all in this room say, you know, if I could, I would not want to see the things that I have so prevalently to see now because I'm in Christ. 
let's be honest. Let's keep it to ourselves for a second. There's certain things we personally like to do. There are certain sins that we like better than others. And the reality is, is that we like it so much. But now that you're in Christ, it's like, man, I didn't feel this before. It's like, what is this? It's conviction. It's like, here's what this conviction is for. Here's the thing. We often think God does convicts us and we confuse conviction with condemnation. God is not doing that to condemn you. He's doing it to convict you in order that you may grow. Because if you stay in that place, it's going to end up hurting you. The purpose of why God wants you to grow in discernment is so that you will be able to understand when danger arises. See, one of the benefits, and I'll get into this later, of discernment is being able to discern when danger is present. And a lot of us, if we like to be honest, like to play in the danger. And when you play around danger, eventually the danger that you are lurking around will eventually get you. Ladies and gentlemen, I look at movies. I look at different thrillers. And I ask myself, like, why in the world, when you hear a sound, you hear something that's weird, you go towards danger. I begin to ask myself, why do you go towards that? I've been watching a, 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 a show. I wouldn't say it was the best show, but I've been watching a show called You. And I just, I just don't understand how with some of these women, if you see the danger, why do you go to it? I mean, forget all of that confronting stuff, run away! What are you doing? And I've seen so many of them. They go towards the danger. Like, okay, I'm not trying to be like killed a spoiler or anything like that. But in you, right, in season two, (laughs) I'll just say this. In you in season two, there was a woman that the guy who the crazy dude was talking to first. And he thought he had killed her. After he kills another girl in season one, she comes back to haunt him. And guess what happens to her? You just got to watch it to see the rest. But what I'm saying is, is that you have to understand that discernment is there to keep you away from danger. That you can see it and run. (laughs) Oh, my God. Run away. And that's here's what he's saying. And so you move from a place if you don't exercise discernment. If you don't exercise your senses, what will begin to happen is the things, if you're not alert of your surroundings, what ends up happening is you let perpetrators in, uh, begin to infiltrate your, your, your space. You put the wrong, you allow the wrong people in your space. Here's the thing. Space matters. Your space Meaning your body, your, 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 your mind, your soul, that stuff matters. And you have to be discerning who you allow to come around that space. You have to be, you have to be alert of the certain conversations you entertain because if you entertain it, it begins to cloud my judgment, my space. 
And a lot of times when we don't use sound judgment, we allow people to infiltrate our space. And it then impairs our judgment because you get feelings. You get connected and all of this other stuff that goes on. And what happens is you don't see things right. And by not seeing things right, you end up doing harm to yourself. It's the truth. We, let's say, for instance, there was a person that was talking to a specific gentleman. And everybody in their family could see the, 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 the trouble that was on the horizon. But because of you and all your love and your heart, I just know it is right. What did I tell you last Sunday? Your heart is wicked. <laughs> it's very deceitful. Your feelings are deceitful, man. You need God. If you're not in tune to his heart, the psalmist said, give me a heart to understand. That, in other words, what that means in the ancient Hebrew word, which I said last week, it means to hear. So if you got all of this stuff in your space and the Holy Spirit is not allowed to talk to you in your space or his or his voice is cluttered around you, then guess what, ladies and gentlemen, you're going to go into danger. And here's what happens. Relationships are severed. Things happen because what you have done is you were not discerning. You did not exercise your spiritual senses. Are you hearing me? So discernment is not something, as we talked about last week, it's something that we have to desire. It's something that we have to seek out. But not only is it something that we have to seek out, but it's something that we have to actually exercise. As we talked about on Tuesday, how God didn't put a, a Solomon in a position where he had to make a choice and make a right judgment between who was the, who was the real mother of that kid between two harlots. And he brung a sword and said, let's split the baby in half. And one of them weren't like, yeah, I'm with that. Let's do that. I like that rhythm. And then the other girl was like, no, you give her the kid. I can't see my son chopped up like that. And Solomon said, guess what? That's who the mother is. And here, and here we go. And because of that exercise, because he exercised the right judgment, because you can discern things wrong. But here's the thing. As you grow in Christ, the better your judgment become. It wasn't to say that he wasn't wise at the moment. He just continued to grow. And because of that situation, the Bible says that God exalted him among the people after they heard about it. Because guess what? When you make right decisions, that begins to exalt you in the right places. Are you hearing me tonight? They begins to exalt you in the right places. So here's the thing. When we first give our life to Christ, we are babes. All of us are. We all start at page one. And so you can't get mad when somebody been walking with God a little while and you can see that their, their judgment has grown. The real way you look at somebody who's a true believer of Christ is by the decisions they make. That's how you can determine how far they are with Christ. You cannot determine how far they are with Christ because they're 42 years old. Why do I say that? Because guess what? If a 42-year-old person is just giving their life to Christ, they start at page one. 
Guess what? Somebody can be over 60 or some years old and be saved, but they don't they may not be as wise as you at 26. Why is that? Because of your history with God. And the way you determine that is by their fruit or by how the decisions they make. Are you hearing me tonight? It is through the decisions that they make. If you want to look at the fruit, look at the fruit of their decision making. Look at the fruit of it. Look at the result of it. That's how you determine a person that has moved from a place of being unskilled to skilled. Let me also explain this to you. Being skilled does not mean education or formal education. That's part of it. But when it comes down to discernment, you can be as smart as you want to naturally. But if you don't know how to exercise that, you're just smart. You're just dumb smart. So you think that you're a lot ahead because you have education. But a lot of times people, those with great doctorates, still ain't as further as you are. And they have debt. And they're stuck. Why? Because they have not learned how to exercise the knowledge that what they have gotten. Because guess what? You can be you can be you can be naturally get smart in that area, but spiritually dumb. Because your your doctorate degree does not mean you have a doctor doctorate degree in spirituality. Because guess what? Your doctor degree, if you've just given your life to Christ, means you start at page one. I know I'm freeing a lot of people out today. Because the reality is, everybody are at different walks with Christ. And a lot of times we assume that because a person got age or something like that, or where you put them at in your life, that they are a lot wiser than you spiritually than that. No. Absolutely not. And that is a dangerous thing to and it's a dangerous thing to live by. Are you hearing me? So here's what the Hebrew writer is trying to get us to do. He's trying to get us to mature. He's trying to get us to move from being unskilled in the word of what? Righteousness. Because the only way you can exercise discernment and know to exercise the right discernment is in how and when you read the word of God, which is the word of God is solely on righteousness. It is about right living. It is about doing the right things to get the right results. It is knowing how to follow a righteous God. It's not that deep. I know you've heard righteousness. It's like, what that mean, cuz? Listen, it is so simple. It is so very simple. We, we, we overcomplicate what the Bible means. Like, what that mean? What is that? They, 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 people be making it more deep than what it actually is. It ain't that deep. I guess somebody say it's not that deep. It's really not. We make it that deep. That's what happens. And so again, unskilled, ladies and gentlemen, means inexperienced. Inexperienced. Okay, when we refer to, again, is that he wants us to move. Righteousness means all the teachings and doctrines of God's word is righteous. All of it. Not some of it, but all of it. Some of us think that, oh, man, that's righteous. I don't know about that. Because of wherever we are in our way of living. 
Let me help you. Romans chapter 12. Let's go there for a second. Romans 12, verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world. We know this, but be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. Here's what I want to do. That you may prove what is what? Good. And other versions say that you may be able to discern what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. How does that come? By not conforming to this world. But it's saying being transformed by the renewing of your mind. So in order for you to exercise it, you have to, tr- you have to renew your mind. You get what I'm saying? You have to constantly be in a place of renewing your mind to a place of righteousness. Because all of us can move, our minds move away. It can become distracted. It can, it's the, the, there's a psalm, uh, one of our, my favorite hymns is Come Down Fountain. And one of the things that it says in the hymn is prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it. The thing is, the thing is that our hearts are prone to leave the God we love. And so here's the thing. You have to get to a place of exercising and renewing your mind so that you can discern what is good and what is the acceptable and perfect will of God. So your discernment will prove. You get what I'm saying? What is that that is good? What is acceptable? You can see, like, listen, this ain't. There's sometimes we can look in the mirror and say, you know, that ain't right. This is not acceptable. This is not the perfect will of God. You know when you you know when you just drifted off. You tell yourself, you know, I gotta come back. <laughs> Let me get this thing all together. You know, let's start over tomorrow. <laughs> Tomorrow's a new day, new mercies. I'm not saying this. Listen, I'm not saying this. I'm not saying this to convict to condemn us. This is something that we all go through. And here's the thing: we have to strive to not conform to the behaviors that we have so once loved. But we must be transformed by the renewing of our mind so that we are getting renewed daily to a place where I know what is wrong and I know what is right. And by knowing what is wrong and by knowing what is right, I can exercise my discernment to do good and not bad. And I'm exercising that through the spirit of God. I cannot not say that because that is important for us to stress about discernment. Discernment is found through the spirit of God. Oh, my God. Listen, Solomon was anointed by God. The spirit of God was upon him because he had wisdom that was beyond his years. And he gave it to him at what? 20 years old. Here's the thing. So we move in from a place of being unskilled here. How do we continue to do that? Let's go to Philippians 1 verse 9. And this is what Paul prayed for the church of Philippi. And this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in what? And the knowledge and all what? And what? That you may do what? What? And do what? And So here's another thing. So again, we here have the same thing that you can approve things that are excellent. But here's another thing that I like with Paul, that you may be what? Sincere. And here's the other thing I like. And without what? Offense. 
Here's why discernment is so important. Because you'll be able to know how to, my God, maneuver around things to such a point where as though if even people have a problem that you know and you have approved in yourself that you've done things sincerely with no offense. And it's nothing that you can do by someone's response even though you know what you've done. And the only way you get to the verse 10 is by you growing in the knowledge and all discernment. Is that book smarts? No, it's in the word of God. Oh, my God. That's how you grow. Oh, my God. You mean, you, Pastor Brandon, you mean I have to actually read it? Yes. Are you telling me, Pastor Brandon, I just can't listen to sermons? That's good, but you have to actually read it. Here's the other thing. Here's why, here's why there's such a lack of discernment in all in, 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 in the body of Christ right now is because we're allowing people to say things that are not even in the Bible. And the reality is, is that when we are not discerning what is right and what is acceptable, if we're not able to discern the word of God for ourselves, then we are have, then our ears are becoming so constant and hearing error that when you hear the truth, it don't sound right. So the reality is we're getting so used to error to such a point in this generation whereas though when the truth comes I'm offended. When the true reality is, you know that's funny. There was a, you know that's funny. Uh I'm not going to put that. But there was a situation uh there there was something that happened whereas though that I heard a pastor uh pastor Mensa Audible he was preaching and he was preaching at a church conference and he was saying like you know I had somebody come up to me and say no that ain't right in the bible and pastor Mensa Audible say uh that means you ain't reading it's right there <laughs> Because we, what, we, what has happened is we have become so constant with hearing error and thinking because we have such respect for pastors. Oh, they have a pastor title and they have all it is. They should know what they're talking about. That's not necessarily true because the reality is, is that even they said there are, are wolves in, in sheep's clothing. And so there's a lot of people. Help me. Oh, my God. Help me here, here tonight. Because here's what you have to understand, that the gospel and uh, the gospel and the message of Jesus Christ carry so much weight and people who are counterfeits like the weight that it carries and be able to use what it has in order to benefit off of other people why would I listen why is the American dollar such used in a way and 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 and, 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 and likes to be and, and we have money money laundering and all of that stuff because guess what you cannot money launder a currency that has no value you cannot launder money that really don't have any value to it. That's why the dollar is constantly being looked at and scrutinized. And the way you can tell the real thing by how it feels. <laughs> oh, my God. And so the real, the real reality, ladies and gentlemen, is discernment is there so we can be able to know and to navigate through, the, through, through counterfeits and to know the word of God for ourselves so we can be able to discern what is good and what is acceptable. Here's the thing. Pastors are prone to error as well. There's sometimes when I look back at the messages, I'm like, ooh, I butchered that. I need to come back and say it better next time. Come on. Come on. Come on. 
But fortunately, I'm the type of pastor who does that. There are other people who know they're saying the wrong stuff, preaching stuff out of context, shouting you up, and you like, no, oh, thank you, thank you. And your life is still jacked up. Why? Because you have a lack of discernment. It doesn't help you. So we got people jumping up and they leave church the same way they came in because they have not exercised the very thing that God has given them. God has given you discernment. And you have to use it. And here's why discernment is important. So that you can remain blameless. It doesn't matter what people will try to put on you. You know that you're blameless. And you know that you did it what? It says it there. That you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. All right, I'm coming to an end. Is this helping us tonight? I'm really taking, I'm trying to really take my time with this because this is the most important series you will hear me preach all year. It's important because this is about your life. Not that none of it isn't. I'm just saying this, this sermon is very crucial. Are you hearing me? It's a very key thing to this whole thing called life. Either you use it or you don't. Here it is. Ecclesiastes 8, verse 5 and 6. This is what Solomon says. He who keeps his command will experience nothing harmful. And a wise man's heart discerns what? Both time and judgment. Discerns what? Both time and judgment. Read verse 6. All right, let me get, explain to you what's going on here and put it in tech context for you. But I'm going to use it in a way that, so here it is, here it is, and we're finishing. Here it is that Solomon, ladies and gentlemen, is talking about obeying authority. He's talking about obeying authority and knowing the right way of doing things and discerning both time and judgment. All right? And, and, and so he talks about how a wise man's heart, uh, he's he talking about, first of all, before we get there, he said, he who keeps his command will experience nothing harmful. In other words, who, one who's obedient to the decrees and the command of the king will not experience anything harmful. And then he then says, any wise man's heart discerns both time and judgment. That even, all right, let me give you this example. Nathan, the prophet Nathan, goes up to uh, David. Right. He, he, he tells them this story about a rich man and he tells them and, and, and you know, uh, he, he tells them about tell, tells them about a rich man like, you know, still, you know, tells him this story. And, and then at the end of the story, David was like, well, you know, may that rich man be cursed. Uh-huh. And, so, and Nathan used judgment. He said, you know, in all due respect, um, David, uh, that's you, brother. <laughs> you know, Nathan came in a way of knowing how to approach the king. And he knew how to discern it by using a story to kind of, you know, see if he'll come clean that way. He did. And so what he then does is say, well, you know, that's you, my dear. You are that rich man. <laughs> and by the time David knew it, God did not take away that curse of which he, did, which he decreed. Because he knew he was, a, he, he just did. What am I saying is to say to you, 
is that when you exercise discernment, you'll know both time and judgment. Here's what I want to, can I, can I say something about time for a second? One of the things that Jesus could not stand about the Pharisees is that they did not understand that their time had come. They talked about, oh, you talk about your father Abraham. He said, your father Abraham wished to see my day. Then he talks about, he was like, man, you guys can know how to discern the weather and the time and all of this stuff, but you can't discern the arrival of the Messiah. Sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, here's the thing. When you have not exercised discernment, you don't know when your time has actually came. You don't know that your time of visitation has actually arrived. Here's the thing. When you don't exercise discernment, you won't know how to judge and recognize the thing, uh, the true blessing in front of you. How would it be that Jesus is in your generation, is in your day? The Messiah walked in your generation, the privilege that he was in your generation. In your generation, and you missed it. Guess what, ladies and gentlemen, there is a day that's coming in the future time, in the new millennium, where there will be a people that even when we who have already been saved come back in the new millennium period time, there's people before God completely brings the new earth and the new heaven. There's a time that Jesus rules. But then what happens is, is that Jesus loses Satan for yet another season. Why does he do that? Because even in this time, Jesus again will come in a generation. And there's a generation that has to discern and make a, and make a decision. And still, Satan will deceive many. Because people cannot just get to a point that even when they know in times, guess what? Jesus is going to come and the time is going to be good, but yes, Satan's going to lose. And he's still going to deceive people. Why? Because it's people's inability to discern. People's inability to discern that Jesus, his way, is the right way because then there's a longing in people's hearts that feels like they need something more than what Jesus is offering them. What is I'm telling you tonight? Your discernment has to get to a place of Jesus where understanding that even when Satan tempts you, you understand that I don't have to yield to that. Hear me. I'm not going to miss the true exaltation of my father because of a momentary blessing. Brandon, how could what the devil give? Because he said he could give him the world right there. I just need you to forfeit what I know is going to happen. So here what we do, we forfeit the real thing for a counterfeit. And what if Jesus did that? we all would be in trouble. Here's the thing. The same thing you got to think in your mind. If I make that decision, what could that, what could the effects of that be on the long haul? It may not affect you now, but then down the line you say, oh snap, my daughter made the same thing. My son did the same thing. Why? 
because you did not exercise judgment and discernment. Stand on your feet. Say, I'm trying to get better through Christ with my discernment. If you're not saved, I give you Jesus Christ tonight.